0: thought I lost my clicker, now I lost my computer. You playing a trick on me, son? Okay, well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody today? That's good. I'm great, son, I appreciate that. Great, great, great. Even on a cold day. Um. I need to announce something I've forgot for about six weeks. Uh, Roy Young has uh, served the church here with all his might, I suppose for more than 50 years. Uh, probably one of the longest serving, hardest working people we've got. And uh, due to the illness and the family now, and a few other little odds and ends, he's had to, uh, give up taking care of our buildings, which he's done for well, a fairly long time now. Uh, Carl, Carl Carl is uh, going to replace Roy. So uh, if you need something about the building, uh, the way it's cared for or things of that nature, uh, you want to see Carl. As far as ruining the buildings, you still want to go through... Uh, I guess Rita's doing it now, isn't she? You want to call Rita, but uh, as far as the buildings go, if there are any problems or anything, uh, please be sure to let Carl know because he's going to take care of that for us for uh, uh, as long as he's capable, I reckon. I've got a lot to say and a little time to say it, so I'm just going to get on with it. We're, uh, we're still discussing the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Uh, Today, I want to discuss Matthew 5, verse 5, rather, uh, blessed are the meek, but I want to focus on the second part, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, When you look at the the first three Beatitudes here, uh, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. We know that poor in spirit are those who are destitute in spirit. But he says they're happy, blessed. They have a lasting, ha- it's not a regular happiness that lasts as long as the party lasts, but it's an ongoing happiness. And uh, these folks, even though they're destitute in spirit, he said they are very happy people. Why? Well, because they theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. The second beatitude, uh, he says those who mourn, those who Cry, may feel in despair. They're, they're uh, happy people. Good news has come their way. And why is that, Lord? It's because they shall be comforted by God. And then the third and one we want to talk today is blessed are the meek. Last week, we discussed the fact that this means strength brought under control. Uh, basically, I surrender my will to Christ's will. Uh, That's not easy to do. But his will prevails over my will. Well, these people are happy as well. And why is that, Lord? They shall inherit the earth. And the question really is, what exactly does that mean? Now, if you're familiar with the Jehovah's Witnesses, they teach that this is a, they're going to inherit the literal earth, the earth we walk on. It will be cleansed, and then after the cleansing, the uh, those who are meek are going to inherit the earth. There's a, there's a lot of problems with that view uh, right on the surface. Uh, most of us are under the persuasion that our inheritance is in heaven we would live with god and we don't think about living on the earth but they point to this and say what jesus said they will they believe that 144,000 people will live with god in heaven and then the rest of the redeemed will live on the earth and that's startling when you stop and think about it because in revelation chapter 7 John was given the opportunity to peer into heaven, the future heaven, after time ceases to exist. And he said, I saw a number of people in heaven that no man could number. No man. There's six billion people on earth, something over six billion people on earth today. Can you imagine what it would be like if all the redeemed, a number that no man can number, are going to be stuck here on the earth? Why, well, they may be stacked four or five, ten people high. I don't believe the earth would be big enough to hold all the redeemed, at least not according to what the Apostle John said. A lot of problems with this view. Uh, they're convinced that we're wrong, and they move around through the community and they tried to convince people that what we believe is wrong uh, and what they believe is true. So let's think about it for just a few moments. Let's focus on the word Earth briefly. First of all, God owns the Earth, it's His. In Psalm 24, verse one, the psalmist said, the Earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. I have a deed to some land I own, that deed says it's mine. And according to the law, it's mine. Unless you know they want it, <laughs> then it's theirs. But practically speaking, it's it's mine. Well, the earth belongs to God. Uh, it's his. Just like my land is mine, the earth is God's and everything in the earth Jesus said, in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen: All authority and power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Everything belongs to God, but Jesus said, Now that He's risen from the dead, He's the King of the King and the Lord of the Lords. Everything is His. He has all the authority and all the power. Apparently, there was a transference there. In John three, thirty-five, uh, John said, The Father loves the Son. And has given all things into his hands. All things into his hands. Secondly, those who obey the Lord Jesus Christ become the children of God. Okay? <clears throat> Let's focus on the they shall. Who are the they? In Galatians 3:26 and 7, Paul the Apostle said, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Why? For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, become Christians. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, the Hebrews author said, Having been perfected, Jesus became author of eternal salvation to all who believe in, no, that's not what it says, is it? No, to all who obey him. Jesus is the author of salvation to all who obey him. Those who submit to Jesus, the Son of God, become children of God through the process of adoption. Thirdly, well no, this makes them heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ. Your children most likely are the heirs of what you have, your property. If something were to happen to you and your spouse, more than likely it's gonna to go to your children, right? My stuff goes to my children. That's just usually the way we do. Our children are our heirs. Well, doesn't it make sense that we would be the heirs of our Father in heaven? Well, that's what the Bible teaches. We are the heirs of the property that belongs to God. All things that belong to God, actually. In Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, Paul said the The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. We are the heirs of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ our Lord. If indeed we are willing to suffer with him, that we may one day be glorified together. Third, the Father supplies all their needs out of what's his, he gives to his. In Philippians 4:19, Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He'll see to it that we get the things that we need as long as we are faithful to him. Children of God enjoy the earth more than all other peoples. Our Lord referred to that in John chapter 10 in verse 10. He said, I have come that they, the children of God, might have life more abundantly, more abundantly than all others. There are no people on the earth who has more reason to be happy and to rejoice than are the children of God. We have the presence of God with us. We walk with God. We receive the comfort of God. We have the direction of God. We have the promises of God, which gives us hope. I don't know how you could possibly put a value on hope. The worst thing I can think of is to be hopeless without any hope. Can you imagine having to live that way? Can you imagine having to depend on people for your survival without divine intervention? Having to trust people to do what's in your best interest. Having to trust people to secure your future. To whom would you turn that you might possess that kind of hope? Without hope, you have nothing nothing to look forward to but the children of God have hope no matter what comes our way we have hope because of the promises our father has made us and that hope can sustain us if we allow it to let's look at the word inherit for a moment the inheritance is a spiritual inheritance while we have the promise of God to look after our welfare while we dwell in the earth the inheritance that we look forward to is a spiritual inheritance in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32 Paul the Apostle was speaking to the elders at Ephesus. He said, I commend you to God. Look to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up strong spiritually and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. By looking to God and looking to his word, I can become stronger in Christ and become a recipient of the inheritance that God has promised. The inheritance is spiritual rather than material. To inherit the physical earth is to inherit something other than what has been promised to us. We have been promised a figurative earth. Something other than what we're standing on and certainly something better than what we're standing on. What's yet to come, the half has never even been told. We'll see that in time children of God are heirs in the kingdom of God in Ephesians 5 and 5 Paul said this you know no fornicator not an unclean person not a covetous covetous person and no idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God only the children of God let me emphasize only the faithful children of God has an inheritance to look forward to. All others have nothing. Nothing. I would to God that All people believe that. Citizenship in the kingdom of God is right now. In John 3 and 5, our Lord said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, all agree, this is baptism. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Baptism is the last step out of the water and into the kingdom. It is the last step in God's plan of salvation. A person must believe, must repent, must confess Jesus as Christ, and must be immersed in water, come into contact with the blood of Christ, have their sins removed, and enter the kingdom of God. That's the process that's followed for one to become a child of the kingdom. In Colossians 1 and 13, Paul said, God has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us, transported us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. We are citizens of the divine kingdom. Even though we're right here, right now, on this earth, we are citizens of the kingdom above. I've been in India, and even though I was on the other side of the world, my citizenship was on this side of the world. Just because I'm not in the land of my citizenship does not mean I'm not a citizen of that land. And so it is when we think about heaven. Our feet might be planted on this earth, but our citizenship is in heaven with God. The inheritance is reserved for us in heaven. It awaits us in heaven. In 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten, born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved, awaiting you in heaven your inheritance isn't here your inheritance is there where God is where God dwells you're not going to be separated from God any longer you'll live with God himself because you are the sons and daughters of God and he wants you with him Our inheritance is reserved in heaven because this earth is going to be destroyed. And most of us are aware of that. 2 Peter 3 and 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. And then the elements, everything in the world, the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in the earth will be burned up. Now look at the terminology, the heavens shall pass away, that means be gone. Cease to exist, annihilated. That's the definition of the Greek term. The elements, they're going to melt like steel melts at an excessive temperature. And then the works and that the earth and that which is in it shall be burned up. No longer... To exist according to Peter everything we see and know is no longer going to exist because God's going to annihilate it he made it from nothing and to nothing it shall return <clears throat> notice these things that's described to us about the divine inheritance think on these things, especially when your belief is challenged by someone. Remember what God says. And don't be persuaded by what people say. Trust in God rather than man. Well, we still come back to the question, what does this mean? The children of God shall inherit the earth. This part take so much time that I'm not going to have time to go through and explain it in a proper way I, I can't see any way I could do it in less than an hour uh, because there's so much information but let me summarize it in a simplistic manner and uh, I'll do like a politician just say trust me <laughs> In John 14 our Lord said in my father's house are many mansions If it were not so I would have told you Where Lord it's in my father's house What's there many mansions? What's the significance of many mansions? Probably because we have an inheritance reserved for us in heaven where God lives And if that wasn't true, Jesus said I I wouldn't have told you about it. I don't why I go to prepare a place for you. I'm leaving here, and I'm going there, and I'm going to fix a place for you to live. Where? In my father's house. It's not here on the earth, but it's in my father's house. I'm going to my father's house, and there I'll prepare a place for you to live. And if I go, and he did go, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9 the apostles seen the Lord ascend up into a cloud and return back to the heavens. If I go he went and prepare a place for you he did I will come back here again and that's what the angel said in verse 11 this same Jesus Have you have seen him go into heaven will come back in like manner? And Jesus said, if I go, he did, I will come again, that's yet future. Why? And receive you to myself, that where I am, well, he was in heaven, that where I am, there, In my father's house where I am there you shall be also God created us because he wants us to be with him he didn't create us to live somewhere else he didn't create us to send us off to some boarding school He left us here so that we could decide what we want. All people, while they live, make a decision. They're going to choose either to love the world and the things in the world, or they're going to choose to love God. He left us here to make a choice. He wasn't going to make us and force us to live in heaven, He gave us an option choose for yourselves. Whom you will serve, Joshua said. And that's what all people are doing. We're only here so we can make a choice as to whether or not we want God or mammon. And if we want God, then God wants us to live with him in heaven. That's why he created us. It's a lot like us, really. Isn't that why we had children? We wanted children. And we wanted children to live with us. And we wanted to raise our children. And we wanted to interact with our children. Isn't that what we wanted when we had children? I didn't raise, I didn't have children so I could send them off to some boarding school and somebody else raise my offspring. I wouldn't do that myself. Well, do you think God is any different? He loves us so much that he let Jesus die for us. And if that isn't love, in the divine sense, I don't know what is. Our inheritance is truly in heaven. Where I go, Jesus said, and they knew where he was going. He told them, Where I go, you know, and you know how to get there. He told them that too. He was the way to heaven, He was the way to his Father's house. All you got to do is follow me. All we got to do is follow Jesus too. Nothing's changed. It's the same thing. A common misconception. A future eternal abode on on earth, just like I said a moment ago. But it's not only the Jehovah's Witnesses that believe that. It's also most denominational groups they likewise believe that the kingdom of God is going to be on this earth they likewise believe that our inheritance is going to be on this earth oh there's going to be another inheritance that awaits us but in the short term there's an inheritance that will be received on this earth it's known as millennialism let me just Explain it briefly millennial of course means 1000 and In the context as it's delivered in the Bible it means 1,000 years So you're talking about the thousand-year reign of Christ Well look at the word ism or the three letters ism Well anytime you see the ism that means it's not true Denominational ism it's not true, millennialism. It's not true. Ism more or less designates the fact that it's not a true teaching of Jesus Christ. The thousand-year reign. There is pre-millennialism. What that means is this. There's going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ on this. Earth. He's going to come back. He's going to reign sitting on a throne in Jerusalem for 1,000 years before he judges the world, okay? Pre-millennialism. The thousand years comes before. You can't deny there's a thousand-year reign because it's in the scriptures. But you've got premillennialism. Thousand years before the day of judgment Christ reigns on the earth, and then you got post-millennialism a thousand-year reign of Christ after Judgment comes and Then you've got a millennial now. I'm I'm a millennial. I hope you are a millennial as well What does that mean that means we believe in a thousand-year reign of Christ And you can't deny it, it's taught in the book of Revelation. But what does it mean? In the the book of Revelation, as we all know, is a very symbolic book. And it can be a little bit difficult to try to understand sometimes. But it does teach, without a doubt, a thousand-year reign of Christ. What is the thousand years? It's figurative, not literal. Like most numbers in the book of Revelation you don't take it at face value the number 1000 means something rather than a thousand the number 1000 in uh, Hebrew terminology has to do with a certain period of time a complete period of time there's a complete period of time over which Christ will reign over the earth well when is that time well, that time was the day he was crucified, remember? And he came back from the dead. You remember what he said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19? All authority and power in heaven and earth has been given to me. What does that mean? He is reigning as the king of the kings and the Lord of the lords. He reigns over the earth. He began his thousand-year reign when he was raised from the dead, having been coronated king in heaven, he, was, he began his reign, and his reign will continue until he comes back. He will forever be the king of the kings and the lord of the lords as long as the earth stands. But he will return one day. And when he does, he will destroy everything that he created. The faithful will go to a home in the Father's house that he prepared for us. The unfaithful will go to the house of the devil and the demons. The place that God prepared for them such a very long time ago. They shall reside with them forever. And Jesus will lay down his reign, his rule, his authority. And there we shall ever be with the Lord. I don't have time to go through it. I wish I did. Because it can be explained in a very simplistic fashion. I don't have time to do it though. And I apologize for that. Children of God shall inherit the earth is a figurative expression. You and I, we live by heaven and earth. From the heavens, we receive oxygen that helps keep us alive. From the earth, we receive food that helps keep us alive. It takes the heaven and the earth to enable us to live thus the Bible refers to a new heaven and a new earth just as this heaven and earth is a place prepared to sustain life so the new heaven and earth is a place prepared to sustain life it's the same thing it's not here and to don't ever let somebody deceive you. If you're not a Christian, I would beg you with all my heart to look at the evidence, examine it closely. If there is God, and if Christ is the Son of God, and if He has the power over life and death. Search sincerely, soberly, diligently, that you may come to understand the truth about life, death, and the things beyond. That you can make a good choice, that you could choose life, and that you could live forever in blessedness, happiness, beyond your wildest imagination if you believe you ought to repent confess the Son of God be immersed in water contact his blood be purified be raised a child of God as children of God we miss the mark for a lot of reasons A lot of reasons we missed the mark. Sometimes we sin. And we want God's forgiveness. And we don't feel too clean. And we want others to pray for us.